Hello and welcome to episode number four of the J-Bear podcast here, recording on a Sunday late morning, almost afternoon here in southern Indiana. We have had some uh, bad weather, would do it quite unjust, what we have seen over the last couple days here in our listening area. And of course here in Madison, uh, just some really, really awful weather, the flooding in downtown Madison, uh, the photos I see are just awful to see. Um, in Kentucky, there are certain parts uh, that just simply do not need to be. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just terrifying. It, it really, really is. I mean, there's no words to put it. Um, there are parts of On Drive in downtown Madison that are already flooded. They had to clean out the regatta office because they said that office is going to be underwater soon. Um, thank the Lord, everyone who helped out in getting all the stuff taken care of. Uh, the road out to VB, there are certain parts of that road that were flooded. Uh, parts of Switzerland County, that the road that was closed on Friday, where you couldn't even drive to Switzerland County. So it's a really, really bad situation. Fortunately, though, it looks like the rain has now stopped, and uh, hopefully that means then the river will slowly but surely start going down. But I have never seen flooding like this. I know it happened apparently back in like 1997. I would have only been six years old at the time. If that, I actually may have only been five. So I don't remember that. But, uh, man, this is some of the worst flooding that I can remember uh, to me. But given I'm, only, I'm also only 26, almost 27. So, uh, But hopefully everyone made it out okay. Um, big props to the Jefferson County Sheriff, John Wallace. And uh, one thing he did was uh, he called the station uh, on Friday and said, Jay Bear, I want you to put out a message that uh, anyone that needs to have their stuff moved to higher ground that's in the flood zone, uh, let us know. And we are going to have inmates from the Jefferson County Jail come and help them out. And you know, look, those guys and girls made mistakes, but you know what? They uh, use them for something. And the fact that they went and they moved, there were no issues with it. To me, that that is that is good. That's great. Um, and I applaud everyone for the whole effort. So I applaud the sheriff, John Wallace, who's just been an unbelievable sheriff for our county. And uh, we will definitely miss him um, after he decides to step away. Well, I guess after his term is up. But uh, thank you very much to Sheriff John Wallace for uh, helping us out with all of that. So please, again, prayers to everyone that have been affected by the flood. I know Switzerland County and South Dearborn were given flood emergencies uh, in Dearborn County. By that, I mean. So um, please, again, prayers to everyone out there. Hopefully you all stay safe. Okay, so there's a lot to talk about on the podcast today. I'm going to mainly be discussing two things. Um, number one, look, I don't like politics. I understand politics, but I don't like them because to me, we're just so divided in this country that if you have an opinion, suddenly you're either a snowflake, a racist, an asshole, a bigot, um, you know, a filthy, you know, girl. I mean, it, it's just, they're just names that people call each other. And I'm not about that. So for the record, I'm telling people ahead of this now, whatever my opinions are on this, if you wish to have a discussion like an adult, Sure. Well, I, well, let's have a discussion like an adult. But the minute that I see any comments calling me or anyone else names, when I see people cursing toward me or anybody else, when I see people, when I can tell that they're raising their voices and not wanting to have conversations like an adult, I will delete the comments. I will not let you talk. I will delete the comments. Because that is ridiculous. You don't need to talk down to people because they have different opinions. We need to have conversations like adults. So I'm just warning everyone ahead of time now. You want to talk to me like an adult and say, hey, Jordan, this is my opinion. 
this is why I think that. Fine. Let's have a talk. Let's let's talk like adults. You know, like we should. But I'm not going to sit here and take insults from anybody. And I'm not going to let you insult anybody. And that goes for conservatives and liberals. I don't care if you're a conservative. I don't care if you're a liberal. If any of my fellow conservative friends, you take shots at liberals, I'll delete your comments. I, I don't want that. We don't need insults toward anybody. That accomplishes nothing. All right. So now that we've kind of gotten the ground rules out of the way, um, we're going to be discussing, you know, a hot topic, gun control in the country. And then once we are done with that, I will then talk about um, the college basketball scandal. That'll be the big part of the podcast. Um, we'll be talking about college basketball. So much has happened since we last did our podcast. Of course, Taylor joined me for my last one. We talked about soccer. So much has happened since then. I'm going to discuss all the area teams uh, and what their involvement is in the uh, scandal, if anything, what my thoughts are, what I think will happen to the schools, if anything, uh, and we'll go to it from there. So let's start, obviously, there was a CNN town hall this week. Uh, Marco Rubio, uh, Senator Bill Miller, and uh, Senator Duce, I think, uh, or whatever, douche, whatever, I don't care. Senator Duce, I don't I don't know. He's a congressman, I should say, not senator, he's a congressman from Florida. They all had a town hall. Of course, Senator Miller, Congressman Duce, they are uh, the Democrats. Senator Rubio, of course, obviously a Republican, uh, reigning, he ran, of course, for president in this past um, 2016 election in the primaries before being defeated by Donald Trump. Um, obviously, it was a very, very heated, heated, uh, you know, debate. Gun control always has been. I'm a gun owner. Not ashamed to admit it. Very proud of it. Very, very proud to be a gun owner. Um, now, do I own an assault rifle? No. I have absolutely, quite frankly, no desire to own an assault rifle. I really, really don't. I really don't. I don't have a desire to own one. Uh, because to me, I'm never going to use it. I'm not much of a hunter. Um, I don't hate hunting. I just choose not to just because I really don't want to. Um, I don't particularly like sports shooting a lot. Um, you know, I'll occasionally get out my pistol and shoot some stuff, but that's very, very rarely because I just don't want to waste ammo. But I'll occasionally shoot with people. But to me, I just don't see the point in having an AR-15 to me. Now, I'm not judging those that do. If you want to own an AR-15, go buy go buy an AR-15. I don't care. That's your business. It's none of my business what gun you own. It's nobody's business what gun anyone owns. None. So, there's a lot of the talk. Obviously, one thing you heard at the CNN town hall, you heard uh, people uh, talk about wanting to ban assault rifles. Okay. Um, I've received questions uh, that I'm going to answer some of them uh, at the end of the podcast, just some individual ones, just kind of random you know, thoughts and opinions and stuff. I'll answer those at the end of the podcast. But uh, assault weapons are this. Look, I get why people don't want assault weapons. But I don't think they need to be banned. I really don't. I don't think that will save or help anything. To me, when I look at mass shootings... People are going to find a way to kill lots of people. The bombs at the Boston Marathon. Pressure cookers. I don't see anyone wanting to ban pressure cookers. Other bombs. Cell phones. I don't... They were used by cell phones. I don't see people wanting to ban cell phones. After 9-11, we made reform. But we didn't ban airplanes. So, to me... Yes. Do we need gun reform? We absolutely do. I am all for that. Responsible gun reform. I don't object to that at all. However, 
What I'm not for is just suddenly banning certain types of guns when law-abiding gun owners have owned them their entire life and have not shot up anybody. That I am against. Now, a lot of you might be thinking, well, Jordan, something's got to be done. we got to stop kids from being shot. Well, I'm going to talk about what I think needs, what I think federal legislation and even state legislation needs to do with schools on how I think you can protect the schools better. Because I think at the end of the day, that's a big part of it. I think if you protect the schools and implement something that happens up at Southwestern uh, Shelbyville High School, which I'll get to in just a minute, if you make the changes there, I bet this doesn't happen. And you can't say, well, it's assault weapons. Because the last time I checked, the Virginia Tech massacre, where over 30 people died, a guy used two handguns. Two handguns. He didn't use assault rifles. He used two handguns. I didn't see people clamoring for handgun handgun reform. Another thing. Democrats had control of the presidency, the House, and a supermajority in 2009 and 2010. Now, by supermajority, by that I mean 60. Because, of course, to pass a federal law, the House has to pass it just on a majority vote, but then the Senate has to have at least 60 vote in favor. That's what a supermajority is. Now, I'll get to what I think will happen in the midterms later on. That was one of the questions I got um, during the off time on my podcast. I'll answer those at the end of the show. So, to me, there is no straight answer. You can't ban all guns. That's not going to do anything. You will then have tyranny. You will then have a second civil war. I 100% promise anybody right now, if anyone says the second amendment needs to be outlawed, you will start a civil war. Mark my words. Also, I won't lie. I am, I am, I love talking to people like an adult. But if you think guns should be banned, if you think the Second Amendment needs to be repealed, I don't want to talk to you about this situation. Because to me, you're not you're not knowledgeable on this. Another thing. Most of you trying to talk about gun control have probably never A, shot a gun, or B, held a gun. So be careful with what you're trying to say about guns. Now, I'm not saying all people that are doing this have. Senator Miller talks about how, much, how he and his son go hunting. However, he said he's going to present a list to Congress of a list of 200 weapons that he wants banned. Now, if there is a smart ban, it's that. Because some people in the crowd it's at the CNN town hall, using their brilliant intelligence, um, decided to use the argument, well, I think all semi-automatic weapons should be banned. Okay, so then the only guns that will be legal are single-shot shotguns, bolt-action rifles, and revolvers. You can't do that. That's just ignorant. That's an ignorant statement. That's someone that doesn't know anything about guns saying that. And Senator Rubio tried to say that, but of course the crowd, being the patsies that they are, all they wanted to do was boo the Republican. Which is fine. That's their business. Another thing. I applaud Marco Rubio for being there. Marco Rubio could have very easily said, nah, screw this. President Trump wasn't there. He turned down an invitation. Governor Rick Scott turned down an invitation. That's something Senator Miller even said. He said Marco had the guts to be here, unlike our governor. Now, I don't know enough about Governor Scott. I don't live in Florida. So someone will have to help me out there. I don't know enough about him. But I applaud everyone. And I also applaud Dana Loesch, who is, of course, the spokesman for the NRA. Wonderful, wonderful woman. 
she was there to answer questions. Pawed her completely. The sheriff was there too. Jake Tapper, I don't like CNN. I've made that very clear. I don't like CNN. But Jake Tapper did a hell of a job. I thought he was awesome. I thought he was excellent in what he did in trying to moderate the debate. And Jake Tapper, you know, him and Trump have obviously gotten into it, but Trump has gotten into it with everybody. So I'm not, I'm, you know, whatever. So I applaud Jake Tapper for, the, I think, the good job that he did. All right. So that's that. So what are my thoughts? What needs to happen with gun reform? Okay. Here's what needs to happen. You got to have universal background checks. That should be common sense. Over 90%, according to a recent poll uh, done by Politico, over 90% of people believe that there should be universal background checks. That's Republicans and Democrats. That's the supermajority of Republicans and Democrats and independents believe that there should be universal background checks. Now, by universal background checks, what should prohibit someone from owning a gun? Okay, here's what should prohibit someone from owning a gun. Anyone that has a felony conviction should not own a gun. I don't care how small or how big the felony is. If you have a felony conviction on your record, you should not own a gun. You absolutely should not be owning a gun. A convicted felon, male or female, has no business owning a gun. If you have a domestic violence conviction, whether it be against your wife, your husband, or a child, you should not own a gun. If you have been convicted of a sex crime, should not own a gun. Because to me, that's dangerous. That, that to me shows me you're dangerous. I don't want you owning a firearm. If you are deemed mentally unstable by a court, you shouldn't own a gun. That speaks for itself. You don't need mentally unstable people owning a gun. So there's that. And also, if you are deemed to be a substance abuser, so therefore if based on your previous conviction, so let's say you apply for a, a carry license or you go to buy a handgun, it doesn't matter what state you're in. Let's say you go buy a handgun, and they look at your record, and they say, okay, this guy or girl has three DUI convictions and a public intox conviction. They should be disqualified from owning a gun, because that clearly shows that they are a substance abuser. Now, if they can somehow prove that they are clean, they're sober, and they've been able to clean their life up, and they're, you know, they can do that, if they can somehow prove that and petition to the state that they're living in, Fine, I'm all for that. Because just because you have two or three drug or alcohol convictions doesn't mean you can't get clean. But it should be hard. Like, they should have to do a lot of work to get through that. So, I, you know, people have asked me, well, what about anyone with a criminal record? No, I don't agree with that at all. Because to me, uh, you know, if someone has a simple DUI conviction, or if someone has a just a simple public intox, or if you're like me, you have a reckless driving conviction on your record, I'm sorry, that shouldn't disqualify you from owning a weapon. That doesn't come off to me as dangerous. That that comes off to me as, okay, you've screwed up once. I'm sorry, that shouldn't disqualify you from owning a gun. So you got to have universal background checks. To me, that's first step forward. And make it make that a federal law. Um, as far as raising, raising the age for guns, <clears throat> this is tough. Because I get it. There... To me, it, it's a problem that you can buy a beer. You can't buy a beer, but you can buy an AR-15. That's a problem. Now, I personally think the drinking age should be 18, because to me, once you become an adult, I'm sorry, you, you that's ridiculous. Hey, you're an adult now. You can go fight for a military, but don't pick up that beer. 
There's the other problem. You lower, you say all guns should be 21. But then what are you going to do? Send them in the military and say, okay, you're going to be in our military. By the way, you can't shoot a gun. So sorry about your luck. You can't come on. You can't do that. Yeah. So it's tough because I do get it. Because something does need to change. I would not object to a 21 age gun. I'll say that. I'm not going to fight for it, but I won't object to it. How about that? That's my opinion on that. So I, I won't fight against it. Uh, but, you know, again, I think that there are a lot of things we need to fix uh, from that standpoint there. Uh, so assault weapons. To me, I think we need to compromise because right now one side is saying we want them banned. The other side is saying, well, fuck you. We're not going to ban them. Okay, that's not going to accomplish anything if all you do is just sit there and scream at each other like fucking idiots. Because right now, that's what Congress is. A bunch of people, or at least the House of Representatives, I actually think the senators respect one another. I genuinely wonder if in the House of Representatives, they all, like, opposite sides hate each other. I really do wonder that at times. So, what you do here, here's a compromise. Make it to where, make this federal law, to own what is defined as an assault rifle. So let's say you take the 200 guns that Senator Miller is going to present uh, to the Senate, which he said he's going to when they return to Washington. You take those 200 guns and say, okay, if you want to own this type of gun, any of these guns, you must get a license to own them. And to get that license, you have to go through a universal background check, the usual. No, you can't have any felony convictions, no domestic violence convictions, no se no uh, sex crimes, no crimes against children, uh, you're not a substance abuser, and you're not mentally unfit by a court. Now, I will say this, in Indiana, you can be denied, even if you have not been convicted of a crime. If you've been charged with a violent enough crime, and there is enough evidence to be deemed that you committed such crime, you can even be denied a gun or a license for that. You really can. You genuinely can. Which, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but, uh, again, I am kind of an innocent until proven guilty kind of guy. But, again, that's a talk for another time. So, what you do, you say, let's, you say, alright, you want to own this gun? Okay, you got to go through a licensing process. And then once they do that, they then have to take a training course. Make it, all, make it an all-weekend thing. Make it a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. You must then take a training course. And then once you complete the training course, then your license is valid. And then make it to where you have to do that every two or even three years. I would do two if you had me write the law. Make it to where every two years you had to re-up that. So that means, let's say, if you, pick, if you get your license in June of 2018, that means come June of 2020, you, or before June of 2020, you have to then take another class. Or you can do it after 2020, I don't care. But you have to take another class for your license to stay valid. Do that. And for the record, I've had a lot of my liberal and Democratic friends, and for the record, I'm not a Republican. I'm an independent, so I'm not, you know, bunching everyone up. I've even told my, my Republican friends this. Compromise that. That way, anyone that is holding these is trained. They've taken a class. And then guess what? If you don't want to say, well, you know what? I'm going to own mine. and If you're going to say, nah, 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 nah. And you don't take the class, fine. Then you're going to jail. I mean, you can't you can't carry a pistol right now without a license in Indiana. You, you can't do that. That's a that's a misdemeanor. It's a class A misdemeanor. So make it to where if you want to own 
what defines those 200 weapons that Senator Miller is going to introduce, make it to where you must have a license for those, and make it to where every two years you must take a three-day class, an all-weekend thing, maybe like Friday night, all day, Saturday, and all day Sunday. Take it to where you have to take that every two years for your license to stay valid. That's my, That's what I do. Because to me, right now, one side wants them banned, the other side doesn't. You know, people are saying, fuck that. It's not going to go anywhere. Because it isn't. It's not going to go anywhere. We are going to get nowhere in society right now, folks. That's why compromise has to be made. To me, that's a good compromise. I'm yet to hear anyone bring that up. But I've been saying that since the uh, Omar Mateen massacre uh, at, down at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. I've been saying that for a while now. Change it. Make it to where you have to have licenses for it. You already have to have a license to carry a handgun in most states. I think some states don't, but you know what? That's a talk for another day. I don't agree with that. But at least in Indiana, to, to carry a handgun or to have one in your car, you have to have a license. So that's what I think should happen. Indiana has very, very common sense gun laws. If you don't believe me, um, go look at what the gun laws are. They're actually very, very common sense. They really are. So that's my recommendation, folks. When it comes to the assault weapons thing, I'm never going to be in. I'm never going to be for a ban. Now, automatic weapons. People don't need automatic weapons. So automatic weapons. They've been banned since the 1930s. Bump stocks. Make them illegal. Because that is an easy way to convert a semi-automatic weapon into a fully automatic weapon, and that's not even assault rifles. That's any semi-automatic weapon. Bump stocks can make it. Yeah, a lot of people that don't know about guns, they just think, well, only assault rifles are affected by bump stocks. Eh, not how it works, folks. Do your research or learn what the hell how to use a gun is. Ban bump stocks. I'm for that. I'm all in favor of banning bump stocks. All in favor of it. I'm all for it. People don't need bump stocks. And again, raising gun age to 21, I'm not particularly for that. But I won't argue against it. I really won't. I, I, I won't have any objection to that. I'll say that. Alright? So, that's what I think. School safety. To me, this should be first. There was a father when President Trump had uh, a bunch of survivors and parents to the White House. Which, for the record, was a great event. I applaud the President for that. A father stepped up and said, you know what? Forget gun control right now. He said, how about we protect the schools? And he's right there. So here's what you do. There was something. Uh, NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt did a, um, a report recently. They went to Southwestern Shelbyville High School. Uh, it's a little south of Indianapolis. It's kind of down the road from Franklin. Uh, it's just about probably an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes from here. What they do, they all of their windows in the school are bulletproof. All of their doors are bullet resistant. They then have security cameras placed all around the school that has a direct feed to the um, sheriff's office or, you know, police station, whatever it is. And then you also have hot spots, which are smoke bombs, all up and around the school. You have them all up and down the school. To me, that should be a federal mandate. Require that. Require that all schools have bulletproof windows. Require that all schools have bullet-resistant doors. Require that all schools have to be buzzed in. You have to be buzzed in. Now, that's a start. Uh, Shaw Memorial, Pope John, Madison, Southwestern here in this area, 
you have to be buzzed in at all those schools. But here's the thing. If those windows aren't bulletproof, then all someone has to do is just go bang, bang. So make windows bulletproof. Make doors bullet resistant. Each teacher at Southwestern Shelbyville has a panic button where if you hit it, it goes directly to a sheriff's department and then they're right there. And there's also uh, switches in the classroom to where they can set stuff off. So, to me, yeah, it costs money. But I'm sorry, don't we want to keep our children safe? They said it's almost $400,000 to do this. Well, do this, federal government. I'm talking to you, federal government, Congress. Make it a federal requirement. Make the funding available in the education department. Betsy DeVos, come on, step up. Make it a federal requirement that all schools must have bulletproof glass, bulletproof or bullet-resistant doors, and then make it to where you have to be buzzed in, make it to where there must be armed guards at the school. Or to like not, and I'm not saying you have to have a military around each school, but have like two armed police officers. Say, okay, a police force has to be there. Make that a federal requirement. That's what I think should happen. Make it a federal requirement. Come on. You say you want to keep our children safe. Do that then. Make the schools safer. Because guess what? Right now, okay, let's say, well, it's the gun problem. Okay, so let's say a guy walks in with an axe or a chainsaw. Guess what? He could still do stuff with that, but he got in the school. So make it to where there are armed guards and things taken care of everywhere. Southwestern Shelbyville, to me, when I saw everything there, that to me is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing to do. Make it a federal requirement that all schools get that and make the funding available because obviously I know almost $400,000. That is a lot of money. But that's where the federal government has to step up and allow the money to those schools. Make it a requirement that you must have them. Because to me, that is what we need in our schools. We must have that right now in our schools. We have too much, too wide open. I think if you do that, I think you would be amazed at the difference it can make. I really, really do believe that. Okay. I'm tired of talking about this. So that's the end of this. If you have any questions for me, message me on Facebook. I'm happy to talk to you about it. But again... Any name-calling, whether it be from conservatives, liberals, I'm, I just won't. I'll delete your comment, and I won't pay attention to you. We need genuine discussion. So, uh, I'm out. Alright? So, that's that. Alright, let's talk about some good stuff. Uh, college basketball. So, a lot's happened this week. Uh, this past week. Early last week, obviously, we saw the Louisville Cardinals. They, they were stripped of their national championship. Well, okay, here's the thing. As a UK fan, I should be giddy, but I'm not because I don't want to see any school lose a national championship. This is bad for college basketball. We don't need that in college basketball. And another thing, those players, they still have their big, fat diamond rings. Kevin Ware said it best, quote, on a Twitter, funny, I still have this big, fat-ass ring, which means I must still be a champion. Yeah, I mean... He's, oh, he's going to wear his ring. I'd wear his ring proudly. Anyone that sees me, I, I always wear a championship ring. I wear it proudly. If I'm any of those Louisville players, that's what I do every day, just to say, hey, NCAA, fuck you. I still got this. Now, 
Rick Pitino, his comments were just stupid, but, you know, Pitino is Pitino. He's going to be his stupid self, so, you know, I'm not even going to comment because I attacked, I, you know, attacked and talked about him a couple weeks ago on a podcast. So, Pitino, he's, he's irrelevant at this point. I applaud David Padgett for the job that he is doing. He got a big victory against Virginia Tech on the road. That may get Louisville in the tournament. That is a huge win for Louisville. David Padgett should be applauded for the job that he is trying this year. He really, really should. But Louisville, to me, I know that that is hard and uh, I can't put into words. But the fact is, here's my response. If you're going to take away Thomas Moore, a Division three school just from up the road, if you're going to take away their national championship because one of their girls who was recovering from a torn ACL was living in a coach's room for free, if you're going to take away a national championship because of that, then you've got to take Louisville's away. So that's my thoughts on that, on the Louisville situation. I don't, I, I don't like that it happened, but it needed, but it should have happened based on precedent of what had happened before. It needed to happen based on precedent, because if they hadn't taken away it from Louisville, then if I'm Thomas Moore, I'm raising hell. And if I'm other smaller Division Two or Division Three schools, I'm raising hell. So it sucks, but you know what? It is what it is, folks. Patino and Jurich did all this to themselves. This could have been avoided. So for Louisville, I feel sorry for their very, very good fans. There are a lot of good fans there. There really are. I have many friends that are Louisville fans. I feel bad for them, the ones that are good, but I'm sorry, the ones that all they wanted to do was yell at Kentucky for cheating. And yeah, Kentucky's name got brought up in something, and I'll get to that in a minute. But And for everyone that wanted to scream, Coach Cal's a cheater, this and that, y'all better shut the fuck up now. Because now, you all got nothing. So, just an FYI, that's, be careful. That's all I can say to you, is be careful. All right, this week, um, after that, uh, Yahoo Sports released a big dossier of schools that were potentially listed uh, in violations. Um, Kentucky was one of them. As IU, they their name came up uh, overnight, obviously as did Louisville, because Louisville, it was obviously caught on tape. Um, the, the An assistant coach caught on tape, and Rick Pitino, in the report, setting up a $100,000 payment to Brian Bowen. Um so obviously you have that. Um, so yet you know there's that they're they're in trouble, folks. Louisville is now Kentucky. Um, I'm going to talk about them real quick. Obviously they're my favorite team. I don't typically play on my biases a lot, but I'm going to here. Um, so Kentucky basically they had three names dropped in this initial report. Again, this is all we have so far. And if this is all that comes out, so I'm I'm giving my opinion on just this being what plays out. Now if more comes out. To where Kentucky genuinely did something wrong, I will be the first person to say Kentucky should be in trouble. I genuinely will be. If you don't believe me, well, then I don't give a fuck. I don't. But I promise you, I will not sit here and sit back if Kentucky genuinely did something wrong. So here's what happened with Kentucky. Nerlens Noel, his name was on a list of people that received money from an agent which was not set up for the record according to the reports by the school or coach. So he just did it on his own. Now, apparently the fam apparently the money came after he had already declared for the draft 
and he had left. If you remember that year, that was the year Kentucky went to the NIT because Nerlens Noel, who was going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft, tore his ACL with eight games left in the season. Kentucky goes to the NCAA tournament and may make some noise if he's there, but obviously when he left, I mean, you know, it is what it is. That's a year we just rather forget. So right now, I don't think anything will happen that year because according to the report, if this is true again, all that happened was um, he received money after he had already declared. Uh, Kevin Knox, who's currently on Kentucky's team, apparently he had lunch. He, or maybe it was his family, I don't know, had lunch with, um, one, uh, uh, with a sports agent. Now, that is not against the rules to eat lunch with an agent. It genuinely is not. It is not against the rules to have lunch with an agent. It is against the rules if the agent paid for your meal. Now, if Kevin Knox or his parents or whomever, if they paid for their own meals, then it's nothing. Then it's just, okay, well, we had lunch. That's it. For the record, the lunch took place at Texas Roadhouse. Here are the rule, here's the rule violation here. If, let's say, let's say it's just Knox and his family and the agent, and the agent says, okay, I'm going to pay for your lunch. If it is $200 or under, or if it's under, I think if it might be under $200. So assuming that the meal costs under $200, which let's be honest, at Texas Roadhouse it is. So if it's under $200, then all that has to happen is Knox has to pay the money back and then it's no harm, no foul. He doesn't have to go through a process. He doesn't have to sit games out. Like, let's say his meal costs 40 bucks, and they say, okay, Knox, Kevin, we have we have proof that you had dinner or ate, had lunch with uh, this agent at Texas Roadhouse, and according to this, your meal costs $40, and he paid for it. And all Knox them, they'd have to say, okay, if you want to make sure, if you don't want the school to get in trouble, you have to give $40 back. So then Knox could literally pull out two 20s and put them in a charity box, and then it's over. That's it. That'd be the end of it right there. So that's that. So I'm not worried about Kevin Knox. I, I genuinely am not worried. Kevin Knox, they went through an independent review through the school. Calipari was not involved in this. They told John Calipari in the compliance office, you are not to be involved in this. And this happened because it came out, I think, Friday night, according to Matt Jones of KSR, the reports and the sources that he has, because he has sources everywhere. Apparently, this was going like into the middle of the night doing this process, everything, and Knox was cleared to play. Good. And he played well. He had 21 points and a great victory against Missouri. So to me, I am not worried about Kevin Knox at all. I'm not worried at all about Kevin Knox. Um, to me, because I'm sorry, if the NCAA really tries to go through all this and try to say, okay, now I want to find that receipt. How much, what did he have? Did he have the mac and cheese? He get a roll? He get a steak? Yeah. I mean, come on. They're, it's going to be hard to prove if the lawyer, if the agent paid for, you know, his lunch. There's nothing there to me. I'm not worried about that now. Bam Adebayo. This is the one that could, you know, get Adebayo in some trouble. Is that apparently, according to the dossier, if it's true, which he and his family are denying, and his high school coach as well, if it is true that he received money prior to high school, and it, again, this was not set up by the coaches, then Kentucky could potentially have to vacate last season. Potentially. That mean they're going to. Now, Kentucky wouldn't be put on probation. They wouldn't get a postseason ban. They wouldn't get a scholarship reduction. They, they wouldn't. That, that wouldn't happen. They wouldn't get any of that. What would happen is they'd have to say, okay, look, that elite, the year you went to the Elite Eight, you got to vacate that year, which would suck. But again, I don't think that's going to happen because there are over 30 schools on that list. Are you really about to go through and vacate 30 schools? Are you really about to do that? Really? I just don't see it happening. 
There are a lot of schools. USC, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Wichita State, uh, Arizona, which we'll get to in just a minute. A huge bombshell about Arizona over the weekend. Uh, you have, uh, let's see, who else do you have on this list? Louisville, of course. IU now on this list. Uh, am I missing anyone else here? Alabama's on this list. Auburn is on this list. Uh, Duke is on this list. Kansas is on this list. I mean, there are so many people on this list, folks. So many people on this list. And I, and I just don't see the NCAA going through and vacating all these. Now, the NCAA president, Mark Emmert, said, according to uh, you know him, he said there's going to be some rule changes. And I agree, there should be. I'm sorry. If a player individually, if the player or the family gets money from an agent... To me, they shouldn't be prohibited from playing college basketball at that point. I'm sorry. That's wrong. That is wrong to do. Now, if the school sets it up, that's not right. The school shouldn't be the one setting it up. But if the player and the family do it, and that's all we have right now on most of these schools. Now, there are a couple that, you know, are different. So, obviously, we will talk about everything else. So, I think, I don't think anything's going to happen. I think ultimately, if the NCAA feels like they have to do something, what they'll end up doing is they'll tell all the all the players that are on the list. If it's true again, and we don't know if this is true, if they do this, what will happen, I think, is they will come forward and they'll say, okay, anyone that is on this list, you have until this time to pay back that money. And if you do, then nothing will happen. Nothing happened to the eligibility. I think at the end of the day, that is what will happen. I don't think any of those schools that just any of the players that just just took money that weren't set up by a coach. I think they'll just have to pay it back. That's what I think will happen. I just don't see the NCAA doing this because I think it would hurt the reputation. But I think good rule changes are coming next year. I really do. I think good rule changes are coming, which is what we need. We need good rule changes. So. What I personally think is I believe that we are going to see it to where you can now get money from a sports agent. I do think that there will be a cap. I do think they'll say, okay, if you get money from an agent, that's fine, but you can only get up to a certain amount. You can't make it anymore, and the schools are not allowed to set it up. I think that'll stay. So I don't think anything will happen to Kentucky. I, like I said, the worst thing that will happen is they'll vacate a year where Kentucky didn't even win a banner. So, you know what? I'm sorry. As a UK fan, that doesn't bother me that much. Like, ask the fan base. The fan base is not worried right now. We're really not. Now, if something else comes out to where Calipari or any of the coaches was, was behind this, I'll be the first on here to say, you know what? You, you fucked up. Time to pay the piper. So, I just don't see that happening because, A, Calipari knows that the NCAA is watching him like a like a microscope, as everyone is. And B, Calipari hates Andy Miller, who was the agent behind this whole thing. Calipari hates Andy Miller. So, I'm sorry. I just don't see anything happening there. Uh, the other schools, obviously, I talked about Louisville. Remember, Louisville was on probation when, according to this report, they committed a level one violation. If they committed a level one violation while on probation, they could face the death penalty. I don't think they'll get it. But they're, that's on the table, folks. If you commit a level one violation while on probation, 
you could face the death penalty. Now, I don't think that should happen. I think that'd be terrible. But I'm just saying, that is a possibility. So, Louisville has been caught on tape. It was caught on tape. A coach setting up a payment for Brian Bowen, and then it was in another report that Rick Pitino was the one behind the entire thing. Pitino can deny it as much as he wants. I'm sorry, sorry, Rick. I'm going to trust the FBI on this. So, uh, that's just my thought on this. So, Louisville, they're going to more stuff's going to happen to him. I feel bad for David Padgett. He's in an unwinnable situation. I applaud him for the victory over Virginia Tech. I really do. Great win for them. They looked very good. Um, and I applaud them. I really, really do. Louisville should be proud of themselves. And uh, I, I applaud them for that. Indiana, it came out, again, all about Brian Bowen. Apparently, there was a talk of them and uh, another school, I think it might have been Michigan or Michigan State, about a trade-off for $100,000 for Brian Bowen. They better hope that's not true. Because if a coach was involved, Indiana could get hit with probation. And that's not something Archie Miller needs to start his year. I don't think anything will happen to Indiana based off what I've seen so far because right now they'd have to prove whether it was Tom Crean. Now remember, Tom Crean's an analyst for ESPN now, and he's a hell of an analyst. I'll give him this. But to me, I just don't see anything bad happening right now with Tom with Indiana. I just don't. I, I don't see enough of it because he didn't even go there. So I, I just don't see anything happening. Um, but again, unless if more stuff comes out, then yeah, we'll talk. We 100% will talk. Uh, nothing on nothing on Purdue. Um, Arizona, Arizona's gonna get fucked, folks. Arizona's fucked up the ass. They they're so they're so fucked. It's not even funny. Um, they, you know, on tape, Sean Miller saying, "Don't go through assistant coaches. Go through me to set up a payment to de to guarantee a DeAndre Ayton commitment." Now, De now Sean Miller did not coach the game against Oregon. DeAndre Ayton played. He played extremely well. Now, Oregon won the game. Remember, Alonzo Trier, who was the top scorer for Arizona, he's out for the rest of the year. He tested positive for PEDs twice in the season. He's ineligible. So, Alonzo Trier is out. Now, if it is determined, Jay Billis does not think Sean Miller will ever coach again. If this is true, and it looks pretty damning, I won't lie. But if that's true, Sean Miller shouldn't be coaching again. But this looks pretty damning. And it's, it should be scary. You should be very, very scared. Any Arizona fans, you should be scared about this. That That's that's terrifying to think about. Because that is something that could get your school hurt in a heartbeat. And I mean really, really hurt. If this is true, according to Sean Miller. So, man, I feel for the guy. I feel for the school. I feel for those fans. But, man, that's not good. I think Arizona will get hit hard. I think Michigan State... They could be in some trouble too. Now, Michigan State, I think, is for the other reasons. I believe this will be Tom Izzo's last year. I do not believe Tom Izzo will coach after this year. I genuinely do not. I do not believe Tom Izzo will be the head coach at Michigan State in 2018 2019 because of everything that's happening. He's won a national championship. He's got a hell of a team this year. He's a Hall of Famer already, one of the best. I think Tom Izzo, I, I don't think he comes back. I really don't. So that's my opinion. On that, so I think those are the schools right now um, that are in the most trouble: Arizona, Michigan State, Louisville, and uh, Auburn. I still think Auburn's going to get in trouble with something. I don't care what anyone says; I think they're in trouble. So, those are the schools I think that are in the most trouble. Everyone else, I just don't see anything happening. Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, 
I just don't see any, anything happening there. So I'm sorry. I really, really don't see it. Um, but that's my thought on college basketball. Um, that's really all I really want to talk about it right now. This has been a loaded podcast. Um, so I'm going to go over some of the questions now of um, some of the individual ones that people just want me to answer. Um, and uh, you know what? I'll happily answer them. There are a variety of topics. Some of them are sports. Some of them are uh, political. I'm going to answer these quickly and honestly, and then that'll be the end of it. And again, uh, we'll get to these here. Uh, Jordan, who did you support in the 2016 presidential election? Um, well, I supported John Kasich from the very beginning um, because I felt he was a guy who was best at working with uh, both sides and with Republicans and Democrats. He expanded Medicaid in Ohio. He voted to expand it under uh, the Affordable Care Act, as did Mike Pence here in Indiana. Um, so I, I just really liked him. Um, as far as the presidential election, who I voted for, I will not reveal that. I never publicly state who I voted for. I'll tell you this, though. I hated Hillary and I hated Trump. And uh, I'll, if if Trump loses re-election, which for the record right now, I don't see him losing re-election. I, I believe he'll get re-elected. Um, if he loses re-election, then I'll reveal it. But if he wins re-election, then I'll reveal it after a second term. Um, but... Uh, I as I never will publicly reveal who I voted for in an election as long as that person or their opponent is still in office. That's something I will never do. Uh, that's just something I grew up with. Uh, away I will. Jordan, is anyone going to beat the Golden State Warriors this year? No. I, I don't see anyone beating the Warriors. The Cavaliers look good with the trades they made, but I just don't see it. I, I think the, I think the Golden State Warriors are still the creme de la creme uh, in all in all games. Jordan, what's wrong with your Spurs? The Spurs are terrible. Let's be honest. Uh, the they're they're just not good. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, everything going on there. The Spurs have got to fix that right here and right now. Um, and if if Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to be there, you know what? He doesn't need to be there. Then I don't want. I only want people in a San Antonio uniform uh, that want to be there. So that's my thoughts um, on San Antonio. Who's the favorite to win the national championship in basketball this year? Uh oh shit. You know, Virginia, I said, was the favorite, and they look good. But I'm starting to reconsider that because here's the thing. You have to be able to score to win a national championship. Defense is great, but if you can't score, you can't win a national championship. Uh, I'm sorry. You just can't. Um, so right now, I think Michigan State's the favorite. I go I go Michigan State. Um, Duke is good. Duke's the most talented team. But I'm going to go Michigan State because one thing Duke is not, Duke is not deep. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go uh, Michigan State right now, the favorite to win the national title. Uh, Jordan, what are your thoughts on the U.S. women's hockey team winning gold? Uh, amazing. Amazing game. I'm so proud of our women. Um, you know, what they went through last year when they threatened to boycott the world championships if they weren't paid the same as the men and wish the men supported them in doing this. The U.S. men's hockey team supported them in doing this. Um, and you know what? U.S. hockey said, you know what? You're right. We're going to pay you equally. The fact that they did that, they won the World Championships in overtime against Canada. They beat Canada in a shootout to win the gold. One of the most exciting things I've ever seen. It was all over Facebook. The ratings were great for that game. Um, I was so excited for them. I could not have been happier. Unbelievable game. So kudos to um, everyone uh, that you know that that won that Olympic Games. Uh, such a fun, fun tournament to watch. I love our women. Um, great, great tournament to watch. Uh, also applauding our men. Our men made the quarterfinals. A bunch of amateurs made the quarterfinals. Lost to the Czech Republic. Uh, I mean, 
and in a, in a shootout as well. So I applaud our men. Our men played outstanding. Um, Jordan, what do you think is going to happen with Ronda Rousey in the WWE? <sighs> I think she's going to be a star in the WWE because she has a multi. She's a full time contract, and her work ethic is awesome. Her popularity is going to be awesome. I think you're going to realize uh, the sales, the sales that are going to be made. I think Ronda Rousey is going to be great. Um, another part of the second part of this question, Jordan, is the Undertaker going to be wrestling at this year's WrestleMania? I still believe he will be. I think he's facing John Cena. Um, we'll probably know here soon. Um, but I really, really hope that that is true. But right now, all the plans are John Cena versus the Undertaker, and I firmly do believe this one D be it for the Undertaker uh, at WrestleMania this year. So those are my thoughts on that. Uh, when it comes to wrestling, just a couple more questions here. Um, first of all, before I say anything, congratulations. Before I continue with questions, congratulations to the Hanover College men's basketball team. What a thrilling, thrilling victory in the HCAC championship. Um, such an unbelievable run by the men. Uh, you know, they were the preseason favorite, preseason top 10 team. They've hit a few bumps along the way. Um, they had fallen to Rose Holman twice. But the fact that they won three games in the HCAC tournament, winning against Bluffton, who had played them very, very well during the season. A thrilling game against Mount St. Joe, and then led wire to wire against Rose Holman. Uh, props to the Hanover College men's basketball team. That's such a special, special, special victory. So congratulations to the Hanover College men's basketball team. Congratulations to the Hanover College women's basketball team. They made the semifinals. Uh, it came down to the very, very last shot, yet had a chance to tie it at the buzzer with a nationally ranked team on their home court. Um, came up just three points short of Rose Holman, but I love the women's team. Uh, Allison, Bailey, Julia, um, the three seniors, the three that I got to work with when I was there. Um, you all are conference champions. Remember all the great stuff that we did when you all were freshmen. Um, I applaud you all. I love all three of you. You all know that. And uh, best of luck to all of you. And I couldn't be more proud of you uh, for the season you all had. So best of luck uh, to that. Jordan, what is uh, the higher Frank Wright going to be? For the Colts, um, I think it's a great hire. Um, I think Andrew Luck's going to be back better than ever next year. I don't see the Colts winning the division because I think the Jaguars are still really good, but I think the Colts will be in the playoffs next year. I think the Colts get a wild-card spot next year. I really, really do. I think the Colts get a wild-card spot uh, next year in the NFL playoffs. Um, let's see. Looking through some of these questions. I'm not going to answer all these. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, but one last one that I'm going to answer. <laughs> uh Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, what is your advice to someone who wants to get into radio? Well, um, honestly, you have to work for it hard. You have to you, you have you have to be willing to work for it. Um, and you you need to get an internship. That's the thing I recommend. I recommend. I did an internship when I was in college at a radio station. Um, I recommend that because that's something that will get you a long way. Not to mention you'll learn, you'll get experience. And you're going to have to realize, radio, you don't make a whole lot of money. It's about for love of what you do, because that's why I do it. I love what I do. I'm going on almost four years at WRX, and I love it. I have no desire to leave WRX anytime soon. And to me, it's just a great, unbelievable uh, show, uh, a great, unbelievable fun that I have. Um, so I, uh, I, I just recommend to you, be prepared to wake up early, especially if you want to be a DJ. A morning DJ. I'm up at 4.35 days a week, folks. Now, I get to go home at 2 p.m., but you have to be prepared to wake up early. So that's uh, what I have to say to you there. All right, that's going to be it for the questions. Best of luck to all of – I wanted to get to uh, basketball sectionals this week. 
Um, however, with everything that has happened this week, I feel like um, I, I just feel like there was just too much stuff to talk about. Uh, but here's my here are my quick thoughts. Southwestern, I think, wins sectional 45. I think they're the best team there. I think Madison makes the sectional final and they fall to Greensburg. And I think Shaw makes the semifinals and falls to Edinburgh in a close game. Um, I applaud all the teams for the seasons they've had. Southwestern's been outstanding. Madison, very, very well coached under Coach Mark McFarlane. Shaw is improving. They're getting better and better. The junior high program is strong. Mike Brown is such an unbelievable coach. I'm so proud of him. And uh, for the job he's done for you know my alma mater, um, I think they're going to get better and better. Um, so that's what I think will happen. Best of luck to all the teams in the sectionals this week. Um, I wish you all nothing but the best. I'll be there broadcasting a few games this week. So if you see me out and about, just say hey. Um, we'll, we'll be busy this week, uh, definitely. We'll be back with you next time for another episode of the podcast. Don't forget, we're getting closer and closer to March Madness. Rob Conant, I know, is going to be joining me uh, for a March Madness show uh, when we do that here in a couple weeks. So I'm, I'll be excited uh, to do that podcast with him. And uh, we'll have that coming up here in just a little while. And uh, I'm really, really, again, excited uh, to have him uh, do the uh, podcast with me because Rob is very, very knowledgeable when it comes to the brackets. He also does a bracket challenge every year, so he's going to be joining me, I believe, in a couple weeks when, we, when that gets started. Don't forget that this upcoming week, uh, we, uh, March, the week of uh, the last week of February, uh, we're going to get to the point of uh, we're going to get to the point of uh, Big Ten tournament. Big Ten tournament is uh, this week, so uh, best of luck to all the teams in the Big Ten tournament as well. Um, I, I think Michigan State's got it, but uh, you never know. A team like IU could potentially make some noise there. So, again, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll be back with you next time. And uh, stay safe, be loved, and uh, just show love to each other. Be kind to one another. I think that's what we need in our society right now. God bless each and every one of you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been the Javier Podcast, episode number four. Yes.